Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shulluk. Shulisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shulluk. Shulisten. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. Thank you, everybody, for coming back to Sure Look, Sure Listen to the podcast that takes pop culture. But Sure Look, this week we've got a busy week on our plate because we have to take a look at the latest film from Thomas Jane's Nicolas Cage period, Slayers. We're also going to decide whether Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is real or not, Benjamin. Then we're going to be taking a look at She-Hulk episode three, which was one of my favourite episodes, except for one bit that really annoyed me. <laughs> Listen, Michael, if yeah. that wasn't enough, we're also going to be taking a look at two swords and sandals slasher fantasies that have come out. Two titans of the industry, Michael, have spawned something new. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at Amazon Prime's Rings of Power and HBO's bloody House of Dragoons. Oh, you've written it as House of Dragoons, Benjamin. I thought you'd made a little spelling mistake, but no, you've actually said no, it's it too. House of, it's the House of Dragoons, Michael. The bunch of goons they are, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yes. <clears throat> Are you telling me that Thomas Jane is Nicolas Cage now? Uh, Michael, I'm not telling you anything. The internet, if anything, is just providing the proof. As the as the old adage goes, Michael, show don't tell. And uh, the trailer that yes. we just watched certainly shows us a Nicolas Cage looking Thomas Jane. Benjamin, you said to me, have you seen this new film Slayers from Thomas Jane? And I said, I haven't. And you said, let's watch the trailer now. And then we watched it, Benjamin. And I'll tell you what. God, it's... God, it's low concept, isn't it? it it's low concept, low quality. There's <laughs> quite a few low things going on yeah, there. Yeah, it's a bit of a low point, Benjamin. Benjamin, it's basically vampires versus influencers. Yeah. Vampires versus influencers with a schlubby, down-on-his-luck badass played by Nicolas Cage, played by Thomas Jane in the who middle are, of them. Who are both copying Woody Harrelson from the film Zombieland. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Yeah. Benjamin, this yes. feels like 2011 all over again. It's very tonally off, isn't it, Michael? It's, it's, it's tone deaf, as it were. This, this whole thing of, oh, look at influencers. They're so useless is, is a real... <laughs> it's a real... Get the fuck out of here, influencers. Old school, like, boomer mentality. These kids today, they don't know how to do anything. They can't change a carburetor. They can't slay a vampire. Like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. They're too busy on their YouTubes. They're too busy on their TikToks and their online shopping. But here's the thing, Michael. It's not a bad cast. Go on. There's there's a few, like, known faces there. Abigail Breslin is there for some reason. Yes, Benjamin. It's not a... It's certainly a known cast. But I would argue that none of them have been in anything of much substance that they contributed to. No, that's not true. That's not true. Thomas James was in The Mist. Thomas Jane is in The Mist, the all-time great classic, The Mist. The Mist, Mist. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God, I shouldn't have done that thing. Yes. The the famous subtitle, The Mist. Oh, God, I shouldn't have done that thing. I should have given it a mist, as it were. Yeah, I should have have waited another minute or two. Benjamin, what's Abigail Breslin been in? She was in Zombieland 1 and 2. That's the last thing I saw her in. Maybe she isn't as big as I thought. Yeah, she's quite weak in both of them. And Melon Ackerman, Benjamin, has never been in anything good. She was accidentally in Watchmen. And oh, yeah, 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 as, yeah, yeah. As misogynistic as it was to say, Benjamin, she was cast in that for her looks. I don't think that's misogynist so much as 
objectively Real. accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was uh, it was uh, your good mate Zack Snyder? Remember? Yeah, no, I I don't like Zack Snyder, as you recall, Michael. Oh no! I thought you were one of the people who petitioned for the release of Snyder Cut. Benjamin, no, I was. I was the opposite team. I was keep the Snyder Cut. Keep it under wraps. Yeah, keep the Snyder Cut. Wrap up the Snyder Cut, <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah, none of them have been in spectacular things. I mean, Thomas Jane's probably the biggest name. Well, I think that's probably yeah. I think that's probably true. But I wonder is that you know, just a weird looking movie, Michael. It, Benjamin, it, very generic. Very generic, very cheap, very Netflix. How has this crossed our paths? Is this coming out in cinemas? Uh, it's. I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. It just popped up. Uh, Michael, as you know, you and I do a, a weekly pop culture podcast, and I have to mm, try and yeah. keep mm. up to date with various trailers and things. And this is the one, one of the ones that popped up for us. And I said, we'll have a look at it, Michael, because we need to need to pad out the runtime a little bit. And yeah, pad out that runtime, Benjamin. Here we are. Benjamin, even the name is generic. Yeah. Slayers. It's just called Slayers. It's just, it's just called Slayers. It's not great. Yeah. Who are the Slayers, Ben? Is is Thomas Jane the Slayers? Are the vampires the Slayers? Are the vampires going to slay modernism? I think it's... I think it's, oh, it's a postmodern vampire epic. I think the intention of it, Michael, is probably, you know, to be... Oh, look, look at this grizzled old veteran turning all these kids into functional slayers. It looks like it's only going to be one kid turned into a functional slayer. I reckon... Abigail Breslin. I reckon from... It's not even Abigail Breslin. It's some other young one. Um, and I reckon that's probably going to be the film. Last two standing kind of gig. Not very I, good. I don't know. Put it I won't on the be pile, watching then. it, Michael. Put it on the pile. Benjamin. Yeah. Did you know... Here's yeah. a bit of news for you. Apparently Winnie the Pooh is public domain now. Yes, he is. What aspects of Winnie the Pooh are public domain, Ben? All of them. All of the aspects? All of the aspects of Winnie the Pooh, including the oft, uh, the oft-forgotten final book in the trilogy where Winnie the Pooh snaps and murders people. Oh, I've, I've not read that one. Yes. Um, very, very strange. Now... I'm not really sure how it's become public domain, Michael. I'm not up to date on that myself because as far as I know, yes, uh, and based on my cursory research, the publication date was the 14th of October, October 1926. Right. Um, which doesn't make sense because generally the wear-out time on copyright is 100 years. Well, Benjamin, the the wear-out time and copyright depends on the country and also depends on how recently Disney have been litigious about it. I think I think Disney was was attempting litigiousness and failed. Um, and the only reason I say that, Michael, is because we're about to get the the psychopathic debut of Winnie right, the Pooh right. and Piglet. Um, and we're about to get blood and honey, Michael. Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey. That's what we're about to Benjamin, get. Benjamin, now hold on a second. Is this real? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Go on then. This is real, Michael. I I am as surprised as you are, but it is real. It also has a very cool poster. Would you like to see the poster? Stick it up there. Look, have a look at that poster. Oh yeah, Ben. Are you sure this is real? Yeah, it's hundred percent real. We got the this trailer real... for it this weekend. I know. Yeah, I know. We got a trailer. But it's definitely real, is it? Michael, this has happened real. Oh my God, this is actually happening, is it? It's actually happening. So what's going to happen then? Well, we're not 100% sure, Michael, but apparently it's an yes. independent slasher. Okay. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, interesting. 
Yeah, he don't need no man. So, uh, basically, what's happened, Michael, is, as as all things, um, Christopher Robin, the wonderful uh, young man who befriended Winnie the Pooh and, and Piglet and gave the Hundred Acre Wood a bit of life, Michael. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor in certain films, absolutely. He goes off to college, Michael. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah in modern-day America. Yeah, he stops visiting um, the Hundred Acre Wood. Uh-oh. Michael, which is very, very sad. So what happens is, um, as a result of this huge change in their reality, the Piglet and Pooh kind of snap, Michael. Um, <laughs> Pooh. <laughs> Winnie, Winnie and Piglet kind of snap. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they feel a little bit betrayed and they go on a murderous rampage uh, for human flesh, apparently. Oh, very good. Like a real bear, Benjamin. Like a real bear and a, a wild boar, perhaps, Michael. Oh, Pigadicha given a chance. Oh, yeah, no bother. Pigadicha given a chance. No bother. Benjamin. No bother, yes. So, um, the works of A.A. A. Milne have entered the public domain this, this year. Yeah. yeah. But none of the Disney adaptations have. So you're not allowed to go ah. and just make... You can't just remake a Disney Winnie the Pooh. I see. In the same sense, Benjamin, that Dracula is a public domain character, but you can't just remake the film Dracula 2000. With Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, You can actually remake Dracula, though, that film with Keanu Reeves, because that was just a page-for-page adaptation of the book Dracula. Oh, so you probably could just make a page-for-page adaptation of the book Dracula. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that, because that's the original work. But you can't make exact copies of works which include that character. Uh Uh-huh. So, for example, Benjamin, we just couldn't take the, the Disney Winnie the Pooh cartoons and start remaking them ourselves. Oh, that's a shame. I'll scrap all the work I've done so far, so... But we could remake our... We could make our own Winnie the Pooh stuff, then. I wonder, Michael, if you could do a really weird kind of nerdy, you know, remake as a kind of kitsch horror where Winnie the Pooh and Piglet were slashers. I... Is that, is that not what you've just been... Is that not what you've been oh, describing? Oh, yeah, so, sorry. No, I forgot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me excited there, man. I thought that would be a project we could do, but then I remembered it's actually got... The thing is I it real, described? though? It is real. And it's coming out in cinemas. It's coming out. I don't know if it's coming out in cinemas again, Michael. The the days of the cinema release, Michael, long gone. Long gone, except... They don't uh, exist oh. anymore. There's no more cinemas. Benjamin's going to be 2022. Benjamin. Rid of them. Yeah. We live in the world of bloody... What, what's the world of The Handmaid's Tale where there's no more fun? Uh, it's Ga- The Handmaid's G- Tale. G- Gilead? Is that right? Uh, is that, yeah, I think that's that the name of the place. Yeah, Benjamin. Yeah. Be quiet for a moment, though. The interesting okay. thing is that Mickey Mouse would technically be lapsing into um, public domain in 2024. Well, we can make a slasher with Mickey Mouse, although I feel like... It's already it's, been done, hasn't it? It's already, it's been, already done. been done. But Benjamin, that's the interesting thing. There's no way Disney are going to let that happen. No, there isn't. And it's going to change copyright law as we know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. Again. Yeah, because of Disney. Because they're absolute scumbags. Well, they're the ones that got the 100-year one put in, as far as I know, Michael. That that copyright law before that was around 25 to 30 yeah, years, I think. It oh, was much it's, it's shorter. Incredible. It's incredible how, um, how much Disney have changed the world's attitude to copyright. Single-handedly, yeah. Ben. It's incredible stuff. To the point of suing creches when they draw Mickey Mouse on their wall. But look, <laughs> Benjamin, that is maybe yeah. another episode. Maybe... We, yeah. uh, 
maybe the public domain would be a good episode for us in the future. The dark and twisted house of mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, trying to stop things from getting out of the public domain, Benjamin. Trying to keep things prisoner. That probably would be quite good, Michael. Yeah, we'll oh, do that, that. that. We could make a film about that. How how um, how bloody Mickey Mouse keeps keeps the lads under lock and key when he's yeah, like, in uh, the basement. Yeah, that'd be good. Let's yeah, make that. We could set it in Austria. Austria is famous for people keeping people in basements, oh, isn't it? boo, Michael. No, not boo. boo me. Boo parts of Austria. Yes, boo the Fritzels. Okay. <laughs> Get rid of them, Ben. Get rid oh, of them. Oh, what's Ben done? Oh, no Ben's good. Done. Oh, he's put something up on screen, Benjamin. Benjamin! <laughs> yes. Speaking of um, controversies, what, were, what did you think of the latest episode of She-Hulk episode three? I thought it was pretty good. So did I. Solid episode again, Michael. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very good. I loved every minute of it, except one little bit that really boiled my, my oysters, which is a hard thing to say, which I hadn't just picked that off the top of my head. But there was one bit that really just <laughs> boiled my oysters. Oyster, I can't say that, Ben. It really just untickled my wickle, and it really did but, annoy me. But the rest of it, oysters, Michael? The rest of it was fantastic. Benjamin, they say don't talk about something unless you have something good to say. So I want to start by saying I thought it was great. It was a great episode, Michael. She-Hulk remains consistently because of its experimentation with tone and and structure. One of the best shows that the MCU has ever put out. Well, just great stuff, Benjamin. I look forward to it every week and I haven't looked forward to MCU stuff in quite a while. And I, I think one of the most interesting things for me, Michael, is I think this is going to get me in trouble one way or the other. But I, I think this is the kind of tone that things like Taika Waititi's Love and Thunder was going for. And I think this does it a little bit better. It does do it a little bit better, yeah. It does. It's a little bit more meta than Taika's. But um, yeah, Love and Thunder, Ben, wasn't... How is that going to get you in trouble? I think people universally kind of agree that Love and Thunder was a bit of a misfire. Oh, did they? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's generally agreed that um, that might have gone too far off-piste, as they say. Off-piste. As the yeah, lads I think put. this is exactly the right amount of off-piste to be exciting. Yes, um, but that doesn't stop people from being pieced off, Michael. Um, well, hold on, we'll get to the pieced off in a minute. Let's talk about the positives for first, Ben. First yeah. of all, it has Wong. It has Wong. <laughs> and Wong, what? Ben, is the best character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Benedict, and I won't have Benedict a- Wong, Michael, is the best breakout star of the MC universe to the point where they've actually just full on replaced Stephen Strange as Sorcerer Supreme and it makes me very happy yeah no one's having it Wong is just everyone's loving Wong and Benedict Wong is having a great time and look Benjamin I've got a little Wong here I've got a little uh, little Wong here pride of place on my desk you can't go you can't go wrong with Wong that's what I say can't go wrong with Wong Um. I do think it's interesting that they've they've taken the fangs out of the abomination storyline that we saw Have in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Well, I don't know if Wong's just covering for for old meal. Mm, I think there's going to be more to that story than we're than we're seeing. Than we're probably getting at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the last we're going to see of Abomination. I don't think he's going to go off now into the good night, Benjamin, and we're not going to hear any more from him. More than likely, not the case, Michael. Yeah, I think this all might be a big manipulation by Emil, who's quite clever. Emil is very clever, Michael, and I don't think Emil's changed at all. No, I don't think so either, Ben. So you're just waiting for the sort of Damocles to drop. Yeah, so that's that's yeah, exactly. The the seven I can't believe the seven pen pals were real. They turned out to be real, Benjamin. 
Yeah, his seven beautiful wives. They yeah, all get very, very excited when he transforms into the abomination. Very funny. Yes, um, yeah, 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 that was very good. Tim Roth's comedic timing is second to none, Michael. Very good. Second possibly only to Trevor Slattery, played yes, by Ben Kingsley. But my goodness, he's very... Oh, hang on, I'll just transform. His little, just, his little physical shtick with taking off the shoes and... Oh, very good, Michael. Very, very good, Benjamin. And it was lovely to see Abomination. He could have escaped at any time. Benjamin. Yes. I also liked... Here's something I also liked. I, I was very surprised that they got Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion, Michael, yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to definitely age it, for sure, having oh, yeah. modern celebrities in it. Yeah. But I, I don't think the MCU needs to go in for Timeless anymore, do they? No, there's too much of it. Some of yeah. it can be now. There's there's some of that as well, you know, that's breaking the fourth wall because it's, you know, an actual celebrity in the world of Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Benjamin, weird... I'm not, I'm not terribly familiar with Megan the Stallion, but she seems to have something in her throat or something because she keeps going, nah. Nah. <laughs> she's, she's just always going, nah. Like she's signing a document and she goes, nah. <laughs> is that a... Is that a thing she does? Is that her brand? Yeah, it's part of the brand, Michael. Um, oh, okay, she's just got around going, nah. It's, it's part of the brand, Michael. That's she's a very, stuff. very, very, very popular um, artist. Is she? W- within the world of, yeah. So she came to massive prominence, and I could be doing her dis- a disservice here, uh, but she came to massive prominence as, um, as part of the Cardi B song, uh, WAP. Wap, one of your favourites, Benjamin. I've one often of my seen absolute, an absolute banger, Michael. An absolute I've, banger. I've seen, I've seen your internet search history, Ben. Wap, wap, slow motion version. Rap, wap, uncensored edit. Me and every other person on the internet, Michael. Get every out. other person on the Don't internet. Don't you try and put me in that on my own. That's not a raft Benjamin. of one, that's an arc. <laughs> the whole gang is, the whole gang is on the wap, slow motion version yeah. um, uh, bandwagon. Benjamin. Yeah. Can I talk about the bit I didn't like? Yeah. Because it was a bit I didn't like, and it, it again, it goes back to um, it goes back to that this would be it's nearly brilliant, but every now and then it has to poke its head above the parapet and and get its digs in. And what oh, I didn't no. like was what the bit I really didn't like was at the beginning when they launched an attack on fragile fanboys. <laughs> Do you remember that bit? Yeah. They had a straw man character, Ben, giving out about, why can't they just get their own superheroes? And, okay, very good, very funny and all. But, to me, that the act of predicting the criticism that your show is going to face and then putting a straw man character in to deliver that criticism so you can respond to it, it's the, it's the entertainment equivalent to the phrase, I'm not a racist, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it means that the writers know a lot of people aren't going to like this. Yeah. So let's let's respond to it before it's even re- before it's released, before it's even filmed. We already know we're pissing people off. So they're doing it on purpose. So it kind of summarizes. Remember a few weeks ago I was saying I don't like being politicked to. Yes, you I, it's, I it, a, you have a t-shirt. Like You're wearing it right now. Yeah. I don't like being politicked to in in film, but I, in film and entertainment. But I've spoken to a few people as well, and you know, th- there is an argument that everything's political. You can't have a political entertainment. Yeah. Okay. That's you know, fair. 
you know, everything is going to have some sort of politics behind it that's going to upset someone. But it's, I think it might not even really be that that bothers me. It's what bothers me about this show is that there's a tiny undercurrent of it, which is designed to be divisive. Okay, go on. Well, that's it. That's my point. It's like it is designed to piss off um, a, a subset of the market. Yeah. And the subset of the market is incels, basically. Yeah. Um, as though the poor old incels, when heaven bless them, aren't one of the driving forces behind the financial success of the entire MCU in the first place. Oh, well, you can't say that, Michael. Why not? Can't, can't say that. You can't, you can't say that incels build internet culture and pretty much drive a lot of profit towards any kind of nerdy enterprise. Hush! Yeah, Hush. yeah, yeah. So that's actually what I dislike about it. It's not that... It's not his politics, because we, as I've said a few times before now, it, it pretty much mirrors my own politics. It's the fact that it is intentionally divisive. That it's okay. like... It's like, this isn't for you, and if you want to watch it, we're going to keep taking jabs at you. Yeah, yeah, gross boys. I, I, go I on. don't know, Michael. I think I think anything that lasts as long as the MCU has has a right to kind of clap back on occasion, so to speak. I I don't know. I, yeah, I think but this isn't clapping. Yeah, but Ben, that's my point here. This isn't clapping back. Go on. This is because this was written, filmed, and edited into that scene long before this show ever aired. Oh no, I know. I, I just I think it's I think it's a re- reaction to misogyny in the MCU overall, or the MCU fan base might be more accurate. Um, kind of thing. Like for every point you make, Michael. Un- unfortunately, there's an absolute perfect, woe begotten, wretched example of it to to back up the need for people calling out that kind of shit. Because go on. We didn't even make it. So the the end of the episode, Michael, has been marred by controversy, um, and many people are calling it the death of the MCU. Benjamin, they're probably just exaggerators or incels. Uh, so what? What's the controversy? So, Michael, at the end of this particular episode, Megan the Stallion, that, and Jennifer Walters in She-Hulk form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a little twerk. Yeah, great stuff. They have a little twerk. Now, Michael, I don't see anything wrong with this. And when I saw... Unfortunately, I had this episode spoiled for me before watching. Because um, you're on that cesspool of the internet, Ben. Benjamin, my only complaint about it was that the, they weren't wearing the same outfits from your favourite music video, WAP. WAP. Yes, that was the biggest controversy for me as well. Um, <laughs> but come here to me, Michael. It, yes, what is it? So everybody was saying, oh, it goes too Not far. Everybody, you know, Not everybody, Ben. Not everybody, because I haven't seen people. it. Lots okay, lots of people lots are different from everybody. Were saying this. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but not everybody, because I haven't seen it. Crying wolf about, you know, oh, this is the end, you know, this is, this is, the, this is silliness, you know, they, they just have to be serious again, and, and this is undermining the MCU. And, Michael, I got so annoyed, right? Right, go on. That I went and dug up silly moments from the MCU. Go on. Moments that you could actually be quite annoyed about. Yeah, go on. Drunk Tony Stark peeing in his suit as a party trick. Yeah, that was funny. It's pretty fucking bad, wasn't it? No, that was great, Greg. Star-Lord dancing to save the universe. Uh, people did hate that, though. Oh, did they? A lot of, yeah, a lot of people did hate that. Okay. Hulk showing his bare ass in uh, Ragnarok. Got some Hulk Yeah, bumps. or Thor showing his entire bare 
body in, in Love and Thunder, yeah. Captain America complimenting his own ass in the middle of a mission. Yeah, that's America's ass, Ben. Baron Zemo dancing after getting out of jail. That's one of the best memes of all time, Ben. <laughs> Interestingly, Ben, a, yeah. an awful lot of this is recent. Give me yeah. some older stuff. There isn't a lot of older stuff. The oldest one there on the list, Michael, would be Tony Stark. Well, I mean, like, if you go back to the first Iron Man, there's an awful lot of Tony Stark using and abusing women and discarding them, and it's played for laughs. All the time. Like, poor old Christine Everhart, Ben, is um, is not respected at all. No. She's uh, Now, the, the implication is that it's fine to not respect her because she used her wilds and sexuality to try and get close to Tony Stark for a story. For a, for so, a story. <laughs> so she deserved to be used and thrown away. But in itself, that might be a bit misogynistic. But yeah. Benjamin, this is my point, is... Of course people are going to be pissed off at She-Hulk because it's going out of its way to piss off those people. It is in some cases, but I don't think the twerking scene constitutes that at all. No, yeah, that is, that is an interesting point that, that I thought I personally was annoyed by the divisiveness of it, but thought the twerking scene was quite good and funny. Yes, and you played into it, Michael, because you had me believing that you had one little bit that you didn't like. But I could have sworn to God, Michael, when I was reading the coverage of this, that, you know, this was a scene that was central to the plot or something. You know, this was important. No, it was it's a, a post-credit scene. Post-credit scene. Post-credit scene, just a bit, bit of twerking. Benjamin, what are you giving out of And you know what? The the worst thing about it was, okay, um, her her colleague, the guy the guy who uh, is suing Megan Thee Stallion, the lookalike. He's the, one oh, of the worst Pug. characters. Who's, no, it's not Pug. It's uh, Pug is the lawyer. Whatever, the, the lawyer from the old job. He's one of the worst characters who ever appeared on TV. And he's <laughs> gross. And he's he's everything wrong with what the people who write this think men are. But every now and then they pull it back a little bit by having by having the baddie of the episode, the the light elf. Yeah. Being either a woman or re- identifying or presenting as mostly a woman. Yeah. And and even though she was funny and kind of more mischievous than evil. Yeah. She did end up losing because she was the baddie and she did do a bad thing. So this is what I mean. Like politically, it's not that far leaning towards being divisive, but they keep throwing in divisive things. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't. Do you get what I'm saying, Ben? So I get you. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised that people are pissed off about the twerking, but I think it might just be misguided annoyance at other stuff. Because mm. I thought the twerking was hilarious, Ben. I thought it was hilarious as well. I just thought it was a funny little scene. Like I thought, yeah, yeah. It, 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 we don't talk enough, Michael, about how uh, Tatiana Maslany is just carrying this show. She's very good, Benjamin. I she, like when she said, "Don't get too excited about Wong now." Yeah, like some of the some of the bits, Michael, are great. Some of the little fourth wall breaks. It's like this is not a cameo of the week show. We only have, yeah, Bruce, Bruce and and Titania and Titania and, 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 and abomination and abomination and Emil and yeah. it's very good. Um, very funny. There's stuff, some, you know, we also got the wrecking and, crew, Michael and Benjamin. Yeah. It has making the stallion going nah nah. And that's the Which most I important part. Michael, one of the weird little throwaway things that a lot of people might not get is the Wrecking Crew's in it. The Wrecking Crew is in it, Ben. One of my favourite bits. I think they'll be back as well. I don't think that's the last we're going to see of them. I think they're going to give it a go again. But it's so interesting, Michael. One of the nice little world-building moments I thought there was, what did you do, Rob? Uh, and Asgardian construction worker? And they're like, yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, and exactly it was like, oh, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Um, the Wrecking Crew is an old school comic book uh, supervillain team. And mm. yeah, they they have Asgardian enchanted weapons and they are kind of muscle for hire in the comic book universe. But it was just real cool to see them in there. Yeah, yeah, they weren't very muscular in this. They were little weeds. But I think that's the whole point. I think the whole point is everyone's a weed to She-Hulk. Benjamin. Yeah. Some of those things that happened to them should have killed them stone dead. Um, say again? She throws, she, some of the things that happened to them should have killed them stone dead. She throws one of them right up in the air about 20 foot and he lands on his head and shoulders and then just gets up and walks away. Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? That should have that should have killed him stone dead, Benjamin. Stone dead, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like this show so far. As I said, I could do with, without the occasional jibes about um, we 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 don't care what the fanboys think, but otherwise, um, otherwise, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's I think it's easily the best show they've put out. But it gives off. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It gives off. Um, very strong Boston legal vibes. So there, this is one of the things that interests me, Michael. Um, they are heavily, heavily, heavily leaning into the legal court drama. And yeah, brilliant, great stuff. It's, that's what we it's, wanted. It, that's that's what we needed, Michael. We didn't need another. You know, we didn't need another strong female superhero smashing up with all the lads. This is so much better. Great stuff, Benjamin. Great stuff. Very and refreshing. Very, yeah, lots of Boston legal S jokes. I really enjoyed the joke where she said, "Oh, A and B plot joining together. Very good. Very good." <laughs> that was straight out of Boston legal. I could imagine Denny Crane saying that. Yeah, it was very good. James Spader. Yeah, yeah. Give him more. No, Denny give Crane him more was, roles. Uh, William Shatner. Give him more roles. James Spader. Yeah, yeah, give him. Yeah, yeah. He was Ultron. Remember? Yeah, that was a shame. It was a real There's wasted opportunity. No wasn't it? strings on me, as he said, mm. Benjamin. It was a real wasted opportunity, Michael. Benjamin. Speaking of wasted opportunities. <laughs> very good. Benjamin, we're very much on a buzz these days about adaptation. That's what the podcast seems to be about a lot. We're, we're adapting. Last week, Benjamin, we, uh, we talked about comic book adaptations, the best and worst of comic book adaptations in, uh, in the history of comic books. And it kicked off a bit of a discussion on the old Discord, Benjamin. Did it now? It did. You were in it. I, I, I was just there, doing yeah. a bit. Yeah, you're just I'm doing, doing a bit, bit Benjamin. Well, I am. Um, well, I, I'm just going to do us a little. Uh, I'm going to do a little readout, Benjamin, of what some of the people thought were some of the best and worst adaptations of comic books. Go on. Before we go on to this week's topic, Benjamin. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where is it? Um, so, uh, our good friend Brian Benjamin, he was not a big fan of the the recent Taika Waititi Thor adaptation, Benjamin. Yeah, because it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much how you could sum it up. Yeah, um, it was bad. <laughs> there was a fellow here called Steely Gaze, and he said, I really wanted to love it, and he just God-butchered it. <laughs> which is one of the best uh, I'm jokes Steely then. Gaze, Michael. Oh, that's you. I didn't realise that was you. my Benjamin. joke. And again, Benjamin, um, Brian has a couple of best adaptations that we didn't bloody think of. Carl Urban Dread was a yeah, very good top, one. Yeah, top notch. Um, Tony Stark, Captain America. But... Interestingly, Ben, what Brian has given us here are a list of the best character adaptations, whereas we were talking more about story adaptations. Yes. And that's really what the MCU does, doesn't it? It has adapted the characters and really only used the stories as a kind of inspiration or in many cases even just the name. I think that's 100% accurate. Mm. 
it, it the MCU doesn't really adapt the stories at all. At all. Benjamin Bookworm Bell one one nine one said for best adaptations, the Crow should be on the list. Oh yeah, Crow wasn't that bad. I think the comic was very weird, though. I found in the Crow. Was it? Um, I found the comic. J O Bar is that who wrote the Crow? I think it's J O Bar. I I wasn't a fan of the comic, but it is a very accurate adaptation. Mm. Our, our good friend Nine Wassi said the crow lifts scenes and dialogue directly, but also adds to the comic. Mm. And I think that's the secret, Michael. I think it's about reinterpreting media for new forms as you mm. go. I think all faithful adaptations probably won't work as well. Sandman being a notable exception, but there's many episodes in the Sandman series that are taking liberties. Small liberties. Small liberties, but ones that arguably make it a more watchable experience. Yes. Oh, we're going to talk about that, Ben. Write that down. Yeah, that's watchable, going to be the a more watchable of, experience. No, no, that's small liberties for the sake of watchability is exactly going to be going to be the point we're talking about today. And okay, um, Neano Benjamin said the worst adaptation for for me, not me, Neano, is a Hawkeye is Hawkeye. Um, awesome comics turned into a mediocre TV show. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I, I, I think at the time, Michael. It's funny we were we were relatively in the corner of Hawkeye I think mm. at the point I've since rewatched it and it is a bit of a it is a bit of a head Average. kick for the the excellent comic yeah oh the comic is so good Benjamin the comic is so good Michael uh, and I yeah, think uh, it's just it, a missed opportunity Michael mm. yes exactly Benjamin but again that's what the MCU has always done it's taken the characters and the situations but it would be a very bit it would be a big stretch to say that the MCU has ever adapted storylines yeah they've they've taken some they've taken the titles of some of the famous (laughs) comic arcs and then just stuck them in Marvel's Avengers 2 the 25 minutes or so of Ultron yes Marvel's Civil War where about 12 superheroes are at each other's throats. <laughs> yeah, Marvel Civil War Volume 1 Car Park Fight. Car Park Fight. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, Benjamin, anyway, I, I think you've hit the... This week, what we're talking about is that two big new shows, Benjamin. The the Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power on Amazon. Two big new boys. And uh, Game of Thrones, Benjamin, House of Dragoons on HBO. Yes. are both out, Benjamin, and they've both really decided to stretch the IP to the maximum <laughs> and try and get new, big-budget, multi-series epics out of a couple of appendices that someone has written. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what's happening. Benjamin. Yeah. I'd like to, you to throw your mind back, right? I'll cast it back. Throw, cast your mind back to an adaptation, Benjamin. An okay. adaptation which took the beloved and timeless books and adapted them for the screen by maybe maybe removing a couple of characters, maybe combining a couple of things together, maybe uh, moving a couple of things around for the sake of expediency. And because of that, and because of the incredible writing and cinematography and world building, created incredible followings, multi-award winning fantasy epics, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Then, let down a little bit by a follow-up. A follow-up, Benjamin, which takes much less source material from the original author and just kind of pulls it taut 
and stretches it over a frame, Benjamin. Unfortunately, that frame being written by hack writers for TV and film, Benjamin, who really have no business sticking their grubby little fingers into it. And Ben, unfortunately, that follow-on leaving a sour taste in the fans' mouths. Yes, Michael. Yeah, Benjamin, what 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 a uh, fantasy epic am I talking about there? It's bloody, it's bloody Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, Michael. No, Benjamin, I was talking about Game of Thrones season one, two, and three, mm, and then Game of Thrones season. Me. Th- uh, Benjamin, what I'm doing there is saying that they're the same. They're the same. Yes, you they're, have. They're kind of they're kind of the same, kind of not the same. It's very interesting in, in terms of one of the things I find most fascinating about that Lord of the Rings Hobbit pipeline, Michael, is that it's the same yes. man behind both visions. Um, and what I mean by that is Peter Jackson was in charge of both. Yes. And yet somehow fumbled the ball in an ungodly no, there's, manner. There's no somehow, Benjamin. It's it's well known and well documented and wildly understood why. First of all, he wanted to make one film. Yes. Well, first of all, he didn't particularly want to do it. Okay. Because Fair. he didn't think um he didn't think following on an epic with a, a small little fairy tale was necessarily the right way to go and it wouldn't please fans. Probably right. He most certainly didn't want it to be three films. Yes. And he seemed to have had a miserable time doing it, Ben. Yes. And because they had to make a 200-page book into a nine-hour film marathon, they had to stretch it, Ben. Stretching it thinly is the is the metaphor I'm going with for this whole episode. It's pretty good. It's a solid because metaphor. Because they had to... They had to take that tiny amount of material, Ben, and stretch it and add to it. And this is one of the big problems with beloved adaptations. There's a reason Lord of the Rings has stood the test of time. Go on. And it's because it's incredibly well written. It's an incredible book. It's damn good. It's so damn good, Benjamin. It is timelessly good. And the only way you can tell if something's going to stand that test of time is time. Yes, it's, it's it's really one of those awful things where you just have to wait. You just have to wait and see if in 70 years people are still going to think it's good. And that's exactly what they did with The Lord of the Rings. They're just like, and this then is they, good. They made a couple of small changes for expediency. Is that the right word? Expediency. Expediency, Benjamin. They made a couple of small changes for brevity. And people loved it. Yeah, it worked real well. Because, Benjamin, it was beautifully acted, beautifully written, beautifully produced by people who followed as close as was reasonable the original source material, which itself was beloved. Beloved, Michael. Then, for The Lord of the, for the Hobbit, Benjamin, they took a very small book mm-hmm. and tried to stretch it with modern writers. Yeah. Boo. Benjamin, who wrote the Hobbit movie series? Uh, I tell I'll you who wrote it, Ben. Oh, a okay. committee. A committee. A committee wrote it, Ben. A committee of untested, unproven writers. A committee, Ben, I'd say, of people in their 20s to 40s. Nice. Benjamin, they haven't been alive long enough to know if their writing is going to be good enough to stand the test of time. That's fair. (laughs) So, of course, The Hobbit is shite, Benjamin. And (laughs) it goes into... It, it th- Now, can I, I'm going to need to try and articulate this, Ben, because this is just random thoughts coming out of my head. Right. And I'm skirting close to trouble here. Yeah. Um, 
But give me a second because I genuinely don't think what I'm about to say. I think what I'm about to say is actually a positive thing. But it's going to sound awful when I first say it. Okay, I'll brace myself. Brace yourself and give me a second to try and work my way through this before you accuse me of anything. I won't hit the big red button. Yeah, exactly, Benjamin. I would say... That's very racist. Yeah, very good, thank you. I would say (laughs) that unfortunately... um, Diversity and inclusion oh, is, is often <laughs> is it's it's nearly it's nearly a victim of this. Go on. So, and post you know post maybe two thousand five two thousand ten, um, when writers are stretching source material, one of the ways they're stretching it is by making it more diverse and inclusive. Okay. Which I believe, personally, is a noble goal. Yes, okay. But they're the same writers who aren't as good as the original writers. Mm, so, yeah, because we need diverse viewpoints that are no, no, no. I'm un- not saying no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just oh. saying that you know the people writing these TV shows and the people writing these films aren't as good writers as Tolkien, because Tolkien <laughs> wrote one of the best books of all time. Yes. And unfortunately, that means that diversity and inclusion and all of these things which are noble pursuits and should be lauded are often written poorly. Yes. And therefore, and I might be about to hit a hot button issue here, Ben, or maybe this is just bollocks on the top of my head. Therefore, the fact that people have, not everyone, but the fact that a lot of people have become conditioned to see oh God, they're doing a new Lord of the Rings series and it's more diverse and inclusive, it's going to be shite. Unfortunately, has become people are mistaking causation for correlation. So it's not that the noble goal of inclusion and diversity makes things shite. It's the fact that the writers who originally set out to do this are not the same calibre as the original author and therefore people are going to see a shite film and looking for a reason not to like it and they land on diversity and inclusion whereas it's not that at all. It's the lazy, sloppy, no bueno writing. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the point I'm trying to make. It doesn't sound quite what I was saying, but I'm oh, sorry, yeah, I, I didn't mean to. to no, miss no, it. no, 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 no. But I think this is the joy of a podcast rather than a video essay. Um, is that we can bounce it back and forward. What I'm trying to say, I think, is that people are going to see shite films. Yeah, and if 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 like if nine out of ten of the shite films you see have a diversity and inclusive um, bent to them. You're going to start going, diversity and inclusion is ruining films. Yes. But it's not ruining films. Yes. Films and TV series based on, on beloved books have been shite for years. They have. Just because they get shite writers and shite directors. Correct. And shite screenplay uh, makers. Well, writers is the word for that. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking about the latest two shows because both of the new shows Rings of Power and House of Dragons are attracting some sort of controversy Ben which you're now going to tell us about yeah so uh, the Rings of Power has been attracting controversy for quite a while Michael um, and it's it's very much preemptive controversy because nobody has seen well it's out now but nobody had seen prior to this 
we've been experiencing the build-up for Rings of Power for about six months, seven months. I don't know, Benjamin. It feels like 20 years. It, it, it feels a lot longer. But one of the things, the, one of the first things that happens is there's black dwarves in there, Michael. And that really couple, upset yeah. people. That yeah. really well, upset people. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it upset some people who don't, don't think there should be black dwarves, um, for sure. Um, it is interesting, of course, that there are no black dwarves in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. And this is set in, a, for some reason, more inclusive and diverse past. Well, I think it's set in a... <sighs> I think it's so. I think it's folly to enter into that thing of a more inclusive and diverse past. Do you mean comparing both films? Yeah. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's well, no black dwarfs in Lord of the Rings. The the film adaptation. Yeah. 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 There's none in the book either, but um, there there are none in the film adaptations. Yeah. So I think you know, I think no matter what way you look at it, um. You're going to get in trouble there because, as you said, diversity and inclusion seems to really upset people. Perhaps because they've been conditioned, as you put it, to be like that. Or perhaps because they're just not great people. Um, You know, both of those are perhapses. But what's happened with this one, Michael, is it's the review bombing continues. Um, we've seen it many, many times. Um, but basically... The rating systems for Rings of Power aren't very accurate because some people are championing the diversity and inclusion of it and giving it five stars. Yeah, ten. Ten stars. Sorry, it's it's a, it depends on it depends on, on which IMDb. rating system they were using, but they were giving it ten stars, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people took umbrage with the fact that it's diverse and inclusive and were giving it one star before yeah, yeah. the episode dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the review bombing scandal come, but this has gone even further here to the point where Amazon has disabled their rating system for well, that particular. Yeah. So show. my take on that, Benjamin, is that Amazon haven't dis- disabled their rating system because there's a controversy. Amazon love controversy. They do. Contro- there's no such thing as bad press. Amazon have disabled the rating system because their one billion dollar show, which they thought was they were going to launch for the light of the world, has panned out with a six point eight average rating. That's yes. why they've. If it had been review bombed by millions of people giving it tens, they wouldn't have disabled it. Yeah, that's true. But Benjamin, so, yes, you can't base anything on public ratings when it starts getting into statistical numbers. Like, if you're reading a couple of reviews of something, okay, like if there's 10 reviews and they're mostly negative, you might go, oh, there might be something wrong here. But if you're if you're starting to look at something which is divisive, people aren't rating it based on how good it is. They're rating it based on what they feel it should get. So if I hate it because it has diversity and... I hate diversity. I'm going to give it a one. Even if I think it's a three, I'm going to give it a one. And then if I liked it, but I know that people are voting negatively against it, let's say I thought it was a seven, but I know that people are voting ones and I want to balance them out, I'm going to give it an artificial ten. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's inflation, but in terms of ratings. Yeah, but this this is a known thing about taking public polls on things. Add in the fact that um, the people who are inclined to vote 
are the people who are going to have strong feelings on it either way. Yeah, well, that's a huge one, isn't it? Like the the, the most motivated people either are obsessively in 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 love with it or fucking detest something, and they're the exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you can't trust large scale public ratings on anything even remotely divisive. You ne- yes. never have been able to, never will be able to. This is not a this is not a result of modern internet war. This isn't a result of the modern internet culture wars this is just human nature and it has been part of collecting statistics that rely on opinion as long as people have understood human nature since the beginning so to speak yes yeah 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 in the early days michael yes benjamin yeah have you seen either of them no very good benjamin (laughs) there's there's something about so they're both quite good i've watched every episode of both of them Jesus Christ, what's that, four episodes so far? Four whole episodes, Ben. But that's a lot. Like, um, they, 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 hang on, HBO doesn't do a short show. No, no, I hate the Rings of the Dragons of Power. No, Rings of the Dragon. What's it called? It's called House you, of the Dragoons. You, you, got it right, you, you got it right both times. It was the Rings of the Dragon <laughs> and the of House the of the Rings. Is, House of the Dragoons is quite good. I like it so far. It's, it feels very much like um, a return to season one of Lord of the Rings. It feels very much like um of Listen Game guys of um Game of Thrones, yeah, thank you. It feels very much like uh listen guys, we're very sorry what those two fellas did there with the last couple of seasons. How about how about we just do a clean slate? We'll give it another shot. Give we'll have a new goal. we'll have a new king, we'll have a new princess, we'll have a new hand of the king played by Reese Ifans instead of Sean Bean. We'll have a uh, We'll have all sorts of new courtly intrigue and people disagreeing. We'll have some turnies. You liked turnies, didn't you? Um, we'll stick a few we'll more s- of them in there. We'll speed it up a little bit. We'll put Matt Smith in it. You liked him from Doctor Who and Terminator Genesis. Um, and it's good. It, it's nice. It, it's good so far. I'm enjoying it so far. It's well acted. It's well produced. Benjamin, they are just flat out using the same theme tune. Why wouldn't they though? That that became Michael. That became one of the biggest kind of audio markers I've certainly seen in recent pop culture. The theme tune to Game of Thrones was huge. Benjamin, the theme tune of Game of Thrones is probably responsible for thirty percent of its success. Yeah, because you just knew it from that first couple of beats. You were like, yes. Just, do, 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 do. Oh, Game of Thrones time! Game of Thrones. So they just Game went, of Thrones time. Bang it in there. Bang it in to Game of Thrones attempt two. We'll we'll take another crack at this. Game of Thrones 2, another crack at this. Again, though, Benjamin, what worries me, obviously, is that they're going to stretch this thin because they're basing this on very small amount of material from George or or, or Martin. And they're going to have to get crappy screenwriters to fill in the gaps and stretch it out across the season. That's what happened with 6, 7 and 8 of of Game of Thrones. They ran out of George or or Martin material and they knew where it was going, but they had to write it. And when they had to write it, when the crappy TV screenwriters had to write it, it very much started feeling like a crappy TV series. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with it at all. They didn't know what to do. It hadn't stood the test of time. It was first draft material, basically. Yeah, I I mean, I hope it goes well, because we're apparently, Michael, we're in for it now. Um, Yeah. HBO has decided on a, a Game of Thrones cinematic universe by the looks of things. Oh, very good. Um, and what we're getting after this is The Sea Snake. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is going to be another spin-off series, um, which is 
based on something in the thing to do with nine big voyages or something in oh Sinbad you're thinking of Sinbad no I'm not thinking of that and then after that keeping with our our theme we have um, 10,000 ships which is are another sure? spin off this all sounds like the same character these are all going to be suggested no it's just a lot of just a lot of bloody um, just a lot of bloody sailing Michael a lot of sailing yeah it's a lot of sailing going on. Um, um, go on there's going to be an untitled Jon Snow sequel series. Oh, I don't want to see that. Um, and Kit Harrington's coming back, apparently. Oh, is he? He's not yeah. doing much, I suppose. There's going to be a little... Well, he's going to be the Black Knight Martel in Marvel Universe. Is he, yeah. That's going to be is huge. He? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah really um, there's going to be a few animated things as well. Oh, good. Yeah, so oh. that's what we're getting, Michael. Really just stretch it out. Really just really get just some shitty milk, screenwriters. Milk it. Just Stretch it out, Benjamin. So, yeah, it, I mean, it feels a bit like an apology for the end of Game of Thrones. Wouldn't it's be like, a bloody fucking good one, wouldn't it? Let's go back to the start and take another crack at it and maybe take our time a little bit more and, and try and, and work it out. It's good. It's fine. It's nice. I, I enjoyed it so far. It's um, it's interesting so far. Let's see where it goes, though. Let's see where it goes. Um, on, I on the, Go on. I refuse on principle to look at it because Matt Smith has a silly blonde wig on. Um, oh, he's great though, isn't he? Everybody wants to nearly see Doctor Who's cock. Ne- <laughs> That's what fans have been waiting for for years, That's, Michael. They're fans, of, they've been waiting for years to nearly catch a glimpse of Doctor Who's bell end. Just a Benjamin, spot of cock. Yes. Just a little tiny spot of, do- of his sonic screwdriver, Benjamin. Benjamin. What? On the other hand, the Lord of the Rings, Benjamin, the Rings of Power. Yes. has rings in it twice. Um, very much not an apology for The Hobbit. This is more like, this isn't your daddy's the Lord of the Rings. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Now, very, one of the best looking things I've ever seen on television. Okay, well, that's good. That's That's high praise. And Benjamin, I am a big Tolkien fan, as you know. I love an elf. You do. I love a dwarf. Mad for them. I, I, I'm not mad about hobbits, Benjamin. They make me uncomfortable with their obsession with potatoes. Yeah, well, you're just a self-hating Irishman, Michael. No, that's okay. <laughs> oh, very good, Benjamin, because that is the greatest controversy of this, Ben. Oh, go on. Benjamin, there's Irishman Suspos. Oh, yes. I tell you what they've only gone and done, Ben. What have they only gone and done, Michael? So there's a type of hobbits in it, Ben, called Harfoots. Harfoots, H-A-R foots. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they might just be a tribe or a race or, you know, but they're hobbits, basically. Hobbitses. They're hobbits, Ben. And they're they're kind of like travellers. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're kind of like travellers, Ben. Um, And they're kind of pastoral traveller people who live off the land and scrabble and scrape to survive. Oh, dear. And guess what, Ben? Every last one of them has a stage Irish accent. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's some great stuff, Ben. You've got Lenny Henry in it, Benjamin, and he's going, now what are we going to do about this? Lenny Henry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, so remember I was calling earlier and saying that diversity and inclusion is a very noble thing and it should Pursuit, be encouraged. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem to apply to, like... 19th century stage Irishness oh no because you know we we can be bashed about as much as we want because we're white it's fine it's grand. It's... Benjamin how do you feel about uh, an African uh, an English guy of African origin doing an Irish stereotype 
I mean, like that doesn't bother me at all, Michael. Right, go on. It's 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 that people are allowed to do that particular accent because it's it's not it's nothing to do with the actor doing the accent. It's to do with perceptions of Irishness and, as you said, stage Irishness. Mm. And it's to do. Uh, you know, we usually hate the, the the independent around here because they're just full of hate. But I read a very good, uh, a very good zinger uh, on the independent's review of Lord of the Rings, and they said it's like famine cosplay. Oh, that's good, isn't it? That's <laughs> that's good. very good. It's a good zinger. Yeah, it's a very good zinger. It's like famine cosplay. But I, you know, I think that's it. You know, I, I think the fact that they're a bunch of you know scrape it together at the end of the day, uh, chance your arm, uh, we chancers. You know, that's the insulting part. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, Irish yeah. people are a bit more than you know. But the accents, Ben. The accents. You haven't heard the accents. Oh, some I'm of them are like. Listen now. Some of them are Derby O'Gill. Some oh. of them are North Inner City Dublin. It's just mad. It's there's no consistency in the accents at all, Benjamin. It's absolutely brilliant. But I think that's probably quite insulting as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like ah, uh, just what are we going for here? Generic Irishness. Oh, grand. Grand. It doesn't matter <laughs> where it's from. It doesn't matter whatever. I, you know. Stuff like that's always interesting, Michael, because no one's going to no one's going to be up in arms about a, a a dopey stage Irish accent. But ah, except a lot of people are at the moment. Oh, are they? Oh, good. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's What's interesting about that is, Michael, you know, you'll have people that will. If you were to have a white man doing a big Jamaican accent or yes. a big African accent, you would probably see more controversy. But I think when people zone in on this, they're going to. It's very similar to what you were speaking about earlier, Michael. They're going to zone in on the fact that it's Lenny Henry and that he's British. And that's that's the number one insult that a lot of Irish people are going to take here. Is oh, yeah, Benjamin. Lenny Henry's uh, a Brit. <laughs> there's, they're, they're all English. Everyone in it is English. There's English actors of Indian yeah. origin. There's English actors of South Asian origin. Yeah. All doing stage Irish. It's absolutely hilarious. And, you know, it, it's just... Oh, it's very interesting, isn't it, that it's okay for that to happen. But you probably wouldn't get away with it if you were to reverse it. But it's to do with, I suppose, just Irish perception as as white people. But then again, it's very unfair to make that in any way ethnicity-based or background-based because we've loads of black Irish and Indian Irish and it's oh, very yeah, soon yeah, to yeah, be Brazilian yeah. Irish. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. It's- and Turkish Irish and everything, Ben. But, but that's not really the point. The point is that... Tolkien was a little bit racist. Now, Tolkien was a filthy racist. Um, <laughs> Tolkien was a little bit racist. And he also hated Ireland. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily fair to call him a filthy racist because he was of his time. Too but you late. have, anyway. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I mean, he was definitely racist, whether intentional or unintentional, whether whether knowingly racist or just of his time, this is fine and normal. Um, he's definitely a racist. And yeah, he, like a, a lot of a lot of his characters are fed by maybe not ethnic, but yeah, some ethnic, but definitely geographical stereotypes as yes. well. Like the whole Lord of the Rings is made up of these are this type of British people, these are this type of British people, these are the Irish, these are the Scottish, these are the Yorkshiremen, if you could even call them men, and these are <laughs> foreigners. Yeah, and these are dirty, dirty foreigners. Look at these foreigners over here. And I think you have to be able to divorce fantasy from that most of the time. 
what kind of bothers me about this in 2022 is that diversity and inclusion and all is these the the characters living in these little tiny scrabbly villages look more multicultural and ethnically diverse than modern New York. Um, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh. But, but, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't, Benjamin, because it, it, if this is leading into... Um, the the world has been multicultural to the degree it is today only for a couple of generations. That's true. Um, but we're presented with this as these are thousands of years old gener communities why would they still have people of different color everyone if 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 30 percent of them were dark-skinned and 60 percent were light-skinned after a couple of generations everyone would be brown-skinned yeah okay you know what i mean that's probably the future of the world when we get over our geographic dislocations and our racisms we're probably going to end up all looking a little bit similar again this is the thing that's going to get us (laughs) cancelled This is this is the one. After this many episodes, this is the thing. We'll be cancelled by the left. I, what we'll I'm saying is, I, what, right. I, what I'm saying is, I don't care. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as it's well written and well acted. And but the the interesting thing from an Irish perspective is that they've gone to all of these lengths to have diversity and inclusion and gender diversity and strong female characters and all of this other stuff. But then there's no problem with people talking like this. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere along the way their diversity and inclusion officer dropped the ball a little bit on that one. They're at it again, Michael. They're at it again. <laughs> it's good though. Yeah, well, I, well. I, I've enjoyed it so far. Um it is even more than Game of Thrones though. It's fan fiction. And it's corporate fan fiction. It's corporate money making fan fiction. And they've gone we can probably make a lot of money off Galadriel as a tough, badass chick. Woman. Yeah. And uh, all power to them for it because the lady is doing her, playing her is doing a great job. But it's going to upset Tolkien purists. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, when you get to Tolkien purists, because he was a little bit racist, boy, are they purists. Yeah, yeah but Tol- Tolkien's work being a little bit racist doesn't mean that anyone who is a purist about his work is a racist. I said what I said. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. You stand by that. I will. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what we think. What do you think? Get in touch what with us think? in a couple of different ways. Have you been watching the series? Find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Sherlock Should Listen Podcast. It means Sherlock Should Listen Podcast. But you, this time in English. You can find us on Twitter at Listenshire. Look, you know what that means. You know what that means. But ladies and gentlemen, come here to me. Come here to me. Come here to me. If yeah, you yeah. want to get involved, possibly get name dropped on the bloody podcast, get up there oh, on yeah. that Discord. Yeah, yeah. Hop up on it, Benjamin. So some great stuff going on. Some great stuff going on there. Great old time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm off to watch four hours of possibly racist television. I'll talk to you again next week. Blah. <laughs>